in the region, 200 male Christians who are Arab, Palestinian and Jewish believers in Jesus. They've come together and they've prayed. And, and when she said this, I imagined, sorry, to, you know, this is me, passive aggressive prayer. I imagine polarizing prayer. Lord, I pray that the government changes. I pray they change. I pray they do that. I pray they take responsibility. Because that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're doing the post-lapsarian, the, po- the full moment where Adam and Eve blame someone else. Adam, oh no, it was Eve. Eve, oh no, it was the snake. We're all, that someone else has, has really messed up here badly. There is, at the moment, collective trauma happening. That was the words of one of, of the women. She talked about the collective trauma they're going through. And it's someone else. So that was immediately in my brain. Whoa, that's an intense prayer meeting of passive-aggressive spiritual language. We bless them, but actually... And she said, and they were repenting. These are minority people in the most contentious conflict that we have in the world. A minority of minorities, Arab-Palestinian Christians, there's about a thousand in Gaza, and Messianic Jewish believers, often misunderstood, even badly treated by their own people, and of course in a context of, of, of great suffering. They, they repented, and I just, that, that really struck me. And, and her husband, who'd gone to this, said he came away, he'd never been in anything like it. What struck me was what we've been given. We've been given this gift for 20 years at Hope. Is we've been given a gift called repentance. I read a lot on spiritual formation and intentional change and practices. And they talk repentance and confession, but no one unpacks what you actually do to actually repent. But we've been given that gift here at Hope. We know how to repent. We know how to take personal responsibility and repent. We have gone through the nuts and bolts of it as if we're in a, we're learning to drive, and you remember that mirror signal maneuver, which, sorry, but didn't really do after I passed my test. We have been given the keys to repentance. So what I'm saying now sounds really domestic. It sounds really small. It's about an argument that Chris and I had. But it is when we start to take personal responsibility in our own life through repentance that we begin to be effective intercessors for very complex situations and stand with our brothers and sisters, as well as our Muslim and Jewish brothers and sisters, who need us to pray with effectiveness, that, God, that the violence stays its hand, that peace does prevail in the human condition, that violence is stayed. We need to be effective. I don't want my words to just be like, because I'm not dealing with my own stuff. So Chris and I were having, we do a prayer walk every day, and we're having an argument. Often that's a little bit of a, (coughs) and then we move on. Um, And we're having an argument about uh, how our different approaches to how we're handling asking or not asking our children to clear up after the meal. Yes, this is domestic, but I wanted to frame it as it's not some, like, white privilege moment where we have a nice meal table, and we have food, and we can all eat together, and we're having a little argument about how we best make our privileged children even more privileged, okay? I really want you to hear, we take personal responsibility in the setting we're in, and that's the setting we're in. 
We eat together every night round a table, and it's mainly home-cooked food. I know that's a sign of privilege, but that's who we are. When we argue about that, we need to deal with it there. Otherwise, I'm ineffective in my prayers somewhere else. So we're having this argument, and basically Chris is like, bad cop, good cop. I'm the one who's kind of mobilizing them to clear up and so on. You're the one who's... Actually, Chris is never like that. He just says, I find it really hard. It feels like bad cop, good cop. Like, you're the one... I'm, I'm not kind of, I'm sort of like, oh, I'm just so passive aggressive because no one does the washing up and I have to do it all. And he's just like, step up. And mo- he, he didn't actually say that, God said that. He was just like, I find it really hard because I feel I'm bad cop, good, and you're the good cop, the nice one. And then you get bitter and resentful because you're doing all the clearing up. And he said, you can just ask them clearly and then give response, and then give consequences. And immediately as we're talking, I remember where we are, we're on the walk up. By the, by the river the other side, um, past the Create Center. And I'm thinking passivity. There is a generational stronghold of passivity in my life of outsourcing training children to someone else. I just, just hope it happens. Let's just hope character is formed. But parents, oof, we're going to create cultural context for them to be formed, but we're not actually going to train. And it was just like clear as the day. I could have carried on in the argument. Oh, no, this, that, the other. Can't we? We can all argue. Like, it's not. Or I could just humble myself in that moment and go, do you know what? I don't, it's nothing about what anyone else is doing is my responsibility. My responsibility is this revelation. I've received that I am walking in passivity. A stronghold is like in your neural pathways, there is a lie that you're believing that's so energized and embodied that in that area in your life, you actually feel things like hopelessness, passivity, defensiveness. That's what it feels like to enter into a stronghold. It's enemy territory. It's not what our design is. And we've, I felt this, you know, I'm quite like we can, you know, we can take territory. We're here to change the world. I'm that kind of person. And I just hit this thing like, oh, I can't do anything about anything. I have to do all the clearing up. And... So instantly, I'm like, okay, I'm going to repent of that. And this is what I'm talking about, the nuts and bolts of repentance. Repent equals acknowledge it. Okay, I am not stepping up and taking responsibility and stewarding that area of jurisdiction God's given me. That's what we're looking at in this Kingdom of God series. We've been given authority to steward in such a way that everyone and everything flourishes under our care. And there is an area of gross passivity in my life. There is a, it's a, like a thread. And so God's saying, now's the time to deal with it. So the first thing, and this is like 50% of the problem, is actually just recognizing we have a problem. Just acknowledging, oh yes, I am passive. I believe lies about my authority in this particular situation in such a way that causes pain. Because actually the best thing for our children, of course, is to, is to, be, is to be trained in stewardship. Like, that's life and human flourishing for them. So I'm withholding that gift to them when I'm in in sin. So I repent, I recognize, I take authority over my own life, the area in my own life where I'm passive, and also on behalf of past generations, I just break that kind of training that I've received of abdication. And I then walk in the opposite spirit. Now, this is what I want to say about repentance. It is not an apology it's not, I'm really sorry, but actually you're inside, you're like, I'm not sorry. I'm just trying to get out of this moment. It's, it's where the person doesn't even necessarily hear the word sorry, but they see quantifiable material change in your life so that, that the next meal time looks different. That's repentance. Paul talks about it loads in Ephesians. Don't steal, 
work hard to give away everything generously with your hand. Can you feel that embodied change? There's an embodied person who doesn't believe God loves them, is going to provide them for whatever reason they're stealing. Repentance doesn't look like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm stealing. It looks like I am so loved and powerful in God. I have such authority, I can work hard and give away. Don't get drunk, but be continually filled with the Spirit. The love, joy, peace you're looking for in that orphan, disconnected state won't deliver. Go to be filled with the Spirit continually, and you'll find that love, joy, peace. It's an embodied change. The same human, but they're living out their new creation reality. So for me, saying, oh, I'm sorry, or even getting a revelation, or even prayer isn't enough. What actually has to happen at the next mealtime is I have a Spirit that it says... And I I felt the difference in my spirit. It was really calm, like no one would have known. I just said, okay, this is, let's all clear up, and these are responsibility. This is everyone's consequences. I didn't even realize it at the time, but I reflected back and I was like, that was a totally different experience. Like it couldn't have been more different. I was different, and therefore it was different. I'm not in any way saying one act of repentance like changes stuff. We work on it for the rest of your life. Hushang will vouch for our family meal times and they are complex but I know that God is dealing with something in me around passivity over stewardship and that looks like change it looks like Chris sees the real me or my children see the real me or anyone else rather than the old me who's checking out and not taking personal responsibility and it's hard but it just says a lot in the prophets I hate your religious assemblies it just says it a lot I'm in the prophets at the moment let righteousness and justice flow like a river. I, I want to see life change. I want to see embodied humanity that bring peace and joy. I want to see transformation at societal levels. This is, you know, the kingdom. It's where Jesus is Lord and everything flourishes. And it, but it starts with our little domestics. It starts with saying, in this moment, I'm going to take responsibility. We all want a great marriage, but let's be great marriage partners Let's not look for the special person, but be the special person. Let's not say, I wish I was in a great friendship, but be the great friend. Oh, I'd love a great church. Be the great contributor to church. This is our authority. And most of all for us here, our passion is not let's see, oh, I wish the world would change, but be the people who can change the world in the particular areas from the very small secret and domestic to the more public spheres that God's called us to. That's our design. I was so impacted that 200 men, Israeli and Palestinian Christians, prayed together and the thing they did to start with was repent. That's what I'm talking about. They took personal responsibility for any way they were complicit, which they're clearly not at a political, military or financial level. But in their heart condition, they were willing to go, what is it in me that contributes And I'm going to repent. And then they repented, then they lamented, and then they're effective. Aren't they effective intercessors for peace? I'm not in any way trying to trivialize this or make it trite. What I'm trying to do is say there are, there's one thing we've been given. We are not powerless. We're powerful. And that thing is called humbling ourselves and repenting until we embody our new creation, our new nature, and we operate in authority. So we are going to worship now. And I, I, I don't know, I just sense maybe there's a passivity thing God wants to call out in us, um, personally in our own lives. If there's any areas that God is saying, we're, because sins of commission are obvious, aren't they? 
I transgressed a boundary. I did this and it hurt someone. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the far more subtle sins of omission. We withhold. We withdraw. We don't say anything. We, we step back. That is just as destructive as the more obvious commission and much harder to spot. It required the Holy Spirit to literally convict me of my sin for me to even understand that that was an actual a whole way of operating in my life that's not in God's design. So I want to call the Holy Spirit to ask us, where are we withholding? Where are we passive? Where are we not taking personal responsibility? Because theologians actually believe that in the Garden of Eden, when God comes back to Adam and Eve after they've taken the fruit and he says, why are you hiding? He was actually giving them a moment where they could have stayed in Eden through repentance. They could have stayed there because they could have said, we did it, we're wrong, we're sorry, but they didn't. They moved into blame. And that's the moment we move east of Eden, when we move into blame and resist personal responsibility. So I want us to step up, stand up before God and say, what is the, what, what, what area am I passive in? And actually moving in blame and entitlement. I want to move away from that into personal responsibility. It could be as small as a domestic, it could be a bigger area. And I want to walk in the opposite spirit and have such clarity walking away from this that I know what the embodied opposite spirit looks like in my actual body. I know what it means. It means for me, I'm going to be different at the meal table in what I say to my children, what I expect. It's very simple, but it's embodied and it's different and it's quantifiable. That's true repentance. So we're going to worship now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, you say your kindness leads us to a change of mindset about what's reality, a metanoia, which is actually embodied in a way of life. And that's repentance. That's biblical repentance. It does involve acknowledging sin, the confession of sin, but it also involves walking in the opposite spirit of obedience. And so we call into the light as we worship you now. We don't want you to hate our religious sacrifice, our assemblies. We don't want you to hate them. We want you to love them because we humble ourselves and we come to you in repentance. And we ask you for what the opposite spirit is, that we may become effective in every area that we stand, both in the public and private domain, both in our in our obvious workplaces and places of influence, but also in the private capacity of us as intercessors. We ask that you bring us to repentance, to a change of mindset about what's real. And show us what the embodied opposite spirit is for us to, that looks like to walk in the opposite spirit. Amen.